really do. You're a 21-year-old punk fucking kid. This Grandpa's given you everything all your fucking life. You've never had a car payment, a house payment. Everything you live in was given to you by Grandpa. You fucking don't know what it's like to work for a fucking living like I do. To bust my fucking ass and do what I do. And you know what, Sean? You fucked me, and that's the way you got it. But you know what? Your grandpa's money will run out someday, and you'll have to feast for yourself. Get a fucking job, you piece of shit. Welcome to Behind the Smoke Podcast, Barbecue War Stories. My name is Sean Walchef with Cali Comfort Barbecue, and we are recording at the River Ranch Stockyards in Fort Worth, Texas for IMBBQ 2018. Um, and I'm here with my man, Derek Marceau from Valley Farm Market. What's going on? Just another beautiful day out right. here in Texas, man. It's been uh, been pretty awesome. Got to uh, you know see a lot of great people, talk to a lot of great people, learn a lot. And uh, man, it's just been been humbling and, and pretty pretty rad yeah it's been uh, it's been an incredible incredible this is day three for us and uh you know we're here recording we have the pleasure of bringing deuce raymond dave raymond of sweet baby rays um not just the barbecue sauce but the restaurants the catering the competition team the family that is legendary in barbecue um you know we're derek and i are just beyond humbled to have this opportunity to pick your brain. You know, we started this podcast to talk about uh, business, talk about digital marketing, really to talk about the shit that happens in business. That voicemail was from a former business partner. Um, you know, when you go in and try to open up your restaurant, we, our restaurant's going to be 10 years in April. Uh, that, that was a previous restaurant before that. There's a lot of things that you're naive to. Um, I think one of the biggest things is relationships and, mm -hmm. You know, if you don't have the right feeling about a situation, chances are it might not work out. And that whether that's with a vendor, whether that's with, you know, a certain concept that you might doing. But nevertheless, you just have to persevere. And one of the things that Derek and I take a lot of pride in is it's really it's really just about getting up after you get knocked down. And, you know, we've screwed up so many times and we've done things, you know, we've had fish on our menu that was a complete disaster. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've tried to smoke turkeys on Thanksgiving and ruined people's Thanksgiving. I mean, that, that's really why we started the podcast was to share, you know, the, the failures that we've had to talk to people that we admire, to talk to people that are doing really cool things and, um, you know, share the entrepreneurial struggle but also the rewards i mean we're doing what we love to do and um it's not easy and you know it's, it's just a huge opportunity for us yeah so uh welcome guys let's uh let's dive into it um dave talk to us man what's uh what's what's been going on uh, if you want to stay on point here we've ruined weddings we've <laughs> <laughs> we, we've ruined birthday parties and and not just in the catering business i remember getting an e email when i was in the sauce business Oh, we love sweet baby, baby baby rays. We love sweet baby rays. We're having a one-year-old birthday party for our daughter, and we pulled the sweet baby rays out of the refrigerator, and it exploded, <laughs> went, went all, all over the refrigerator, all over the kitchen, including the ceiling. But the worst part was we didn't have any more sweet baby rays. Oh, um, there you go. How about the weddings? Any any memorable wedding disasters? Oh yeah, I, uh, we got put on Facebook, and and and. Uh, Bad, bad wedding, bad wedding, and so I, I, I went to meet with the lady, and and I brought her a nice bouquet of of, of flowers, and you know, sincerely apologized. But, you know, what, what what can I do to make things right with you? Turns out the the newly wed husband, his position was. Well, I didn't really have a problem. I'm just trying to stick up for my wife, <laughs> and, and and the wife, what she wanted was she, was she wanted somebody to feel her pain and and understand that 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 this was her wedding, and so I mean I did. I felt terrible, and and in in the end, if you can if you can treat people like a human being, whether they work for you or they're a client or a customer. That, 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 that's what it's all about is is the human connection yeah we we uh, we see it a lot in you know i'm a grocery store in san diego and <clears throat> these these customers that will come in they're pretty pretty upset about something that you did if i can get in front of them and talk to them and just like let them know hey i own what what happened i apologize right. you know uh, whatever i can do let me do it for you and you humanize yourself with them you can see Right down, right, right there. You're breaking down those walls. You're breaking down those walls, and all of a sudden, by the end of it, hopefully, you, you've done enough to where you can get their business back and, and do more things. Turn turn a negative into a positive, yeah. and then, you know, show them that you care, and they, you know, treat them kind enough that they come back, and you can take care of them and 
give them something back. Usually that's what they're looking for. Absolutely. So give us a little bit of the, the family story. Take us way back. How, how did you get the barbecue bug? I used, I used to be a buyer in a pharmacy to fill prescriptions for nursing homes. Salesman came in and said, he made good ribs. I said, no, I made good ribs. <laughs> <laughs> he came back three days later with a columnist, uh, with, with a column from a newspaper guy, Mike Royko, famous guy in Chicago, who said he made great ribs, didn't understand why black people got all the credit for it. <laughs> he was besieged with letters and phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what began the Mike Royko rib contest. Salesman leaves. I get on the phone to my brother, tell him I'm my bike in the rib contest. I need a barbecue sauce. He talked to the seven best people he knew in the business to get their ideas, and then specifically formulated the sauce for the name Sweet Baby Ray. <clears throat> Grew up on the west side of Chicago. The black guys called him Ray. Most of my life, I was 100 pounds less. I've managed to narrow the gap. <laughs> As I tell my story, they call me they call me Baby Ray. And then later on, for my jump shot playing basketball, as in the sweet. Ooh, I like that. Nice. So, so the sauce, which was actually created for the name, uh, we wound up winning second place out of 700 contestants. Wow. I, I incorporated my little brothers, went out, made cold calls to restaurants and grocery <laughs> stores, and the rest we say is history. That's wow. In, that's incredible. Did you Were you still working for the pharmaceutical company when you were building this business? For three years. I, I Like I said, I was a buyer, and I was somewhere between a, a son and a brother to the owner. So I had cases in my office, and, <laughs> and when salesmen came in, they were inclined to take a couple cases out with them. For a while, they were actually like making some deliveries for me. Right. I love that. Even though you were selling pharmaceutical, you were always selling barbecue. <laughs> I used to buy drugs. Now I sell barbecue. <laughs> was my story for a long time. That's uh, that's awesome. So, getting you know the formula, like what did you right when you guys did it? You knew right away, like, hey, we got we got something good here. This is this is. Uh, well, I'd say Deuce's dad was a little bit more of that opinion than than, than, than mine. That stuff's so good, anybody could sell it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. So, so that's what Deuce's dad w w would say. And then for years it was, we would get together for holidays, and it was how good the sauce is. No, so, <laughs> you know, the, 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 the sauce is good, but it, it's no better. You know, now we're selling 10,000 cases. Back then we were selling 2,000 cases. So we would be going back and forth between marketing and how good the sauce was. And, and, and nowadays we get together and we can't talk about it without, without, without just about crying. I mean, <laughs> it's un, un, unbelievable that, that we took something with $2,000 investment, barely high school education and a dream. And, and we got it to 33 million in sales. Incredible. And, and now 12 years later, it's a $560 million brand and unbelievable Jesus, selling more than the next seven sauces combined. 42% of the market share nationally. 42% of the market share. Uh, I mean, it's incredible. Is that, is that not 42% of the market share? Not that I hate to correct my nephew. Or anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's family business. We get it. That would be 46%. Okay. You got the updated numbers. You got the updated numbers. That's and if wow. you look at the data, sweet baby Ray's continues to grow in like the next, level of sauces are shrinking and they're just taking how, over well, our international sales they're just moving in that direction i know they've got some strength in australia and sweden norway mm -hmm. norway yeah. and i'm I, I get information sort of act, a, after the fact and <laughs> i'm more in tune with our business than the, than than their business these days but uh we have enormous pride and and just can't believe not only the success that we had, but but how how it's even to to un, 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 unbelievable levels now. The yeah. last two years, we hosted a group from Norway, one of the big buyers of Sweet Baby Ray's, mm -hmm. and they wanted to come to our restaurant. We did some classes for them. Oh, and cool! They, they were just super blown away about the food that we were doing, and I had to hide all the deuces wild because they just wanted to talk about <laughs> Sweet Baby Ray's, but that's okay. Right. So with with that, I mean, forty six percent of the market now. And that's, I mean, that's just incredible in itself. What made you guys, I mean, now you guys are, you know, doing variations, right? Different variations of the sauce and, um, you know, how, how, how'd that come out? Just trying to play with it. And, I'll just say we have 15 sauces and then let Deuce talk as much as he wants about those <laughs> award-winning sauces. Well, I think you're talking about the different Sweet Baby Ray flavor profiles and we don't really have much to do with that at all. They started coming up with some Hawaiian barbecue and cola cue that, 
in my opinion, aren't the best products, uh-huh. um, but they want to take up more retail shelf space. Gotcha. So that's what they're doing. Um, but we are doing, you know, as far as my sauces go, uh, you know, we started doing regional barbecue in the restaurant, and that's kind of what started us down the path of more sauces. And I always had Uncle Dave um, and my dad in my head about, you know, let's do something with these sauces. So we put a label on it and started selling it slowly and stuff like that. But that's, you know, a small portion of what we do is the deuces. Well, we're really focused on the catering in the restaurants right now. But as far as the sauce goes, you guys are doing that all by yourself, right? All all by hand in our catering kitchen, making the sauces, labeling it, packing it. What kind of advice would you give to barbecue teams or people that want to, you know, they think they have a great product, you know, getting that product to... Get a co-packer. Dave at sbrevents.com. Shoot me an email. I tell people you'll stop asking questions before I stop trying to get you answers. And and most specifically, I have a PowerPoint presentation that I've done for NBBQA a few years ago. And I send them that. Great. And it's kind of old, but I'm still in touch with things. And there's nuggets for everybody there. Awesome. Yeah, we'll put that in the show notes. Everything we talk Mm -hmm. about today, um, we'll put links in there for the show notes. We want to be a resource to people. I mean, that's really what NBBQA is all about. I mean, it's all these people that have different backgrounds, different experiences and sharing their knowledge of how we failed in business and how we succeeded. So So, so another thing I would say, I I encourage competition people. I get asked lots, lots of questions about barbecue sauce. My first thing to say is, is if you have your own sauce, run out to Walmart, buy a couple dozen mason jars, get your niece or nephew to, to get some kind of label on the computer, and then you'll know what you're giving for Christmas presents. They'll know what they're getting. <laughs> you, you can double down on birthdays, and you'll have a lot of fun. You can have a ton of fun with it. And, and then at some point, you'll, you'll understand if people... Like it happened to me. If people bring those empty bottles back and ask for more, then 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 you know you got something. Well, they ask for more and they're willing to pay for it. <laughs> bingo, bingo. Right? <laughs> Huge difference between buying it and getting it for free. Yes. Everybody loves it for free, but if you pay for it, now, now, now you know you're onto something. Yeah, now you know you have a business. So back in the early days, what what do you have any stories of of challenges that you faced scaling the business? <laughs> too many, <laughs> too many barbecue. Well, well I mean, the the, the 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 first thing was was learning. I mean, we did we didn't know anything. My 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 business partner was an accountant. I worked in a drugstore for eighteen years, and so so the first decision, retail or food service. So I worked in a retail drugstore. My brother was a chef. He kind of went after the food service business in Wisconsin. I went after retail business in Illinois. First thing was making enough calls and getting enough customers, so I was in the delivery business. At some point, I understood that I didn't want to be in the delivery business. I wanted to be in the sales business. So so at that point, I found somebody that uh, I played sports with. He had an older brother that was a broker, and he started taking me around to brokers. And I went in my first, I went in to see my first broker, and. Basically, they get 5%. I think I was offering him 10% or 15%. <laughs> and he wanted no, no, no interest in Sweet Baby Rays whatsoever because we had no distribution, you know, a few dozen stores. And uh, so I, 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 I left that meeting and literally in tears, literally in tears. And the guy took me into the meeting. He says, he says to me, do you want to make three or four more calls or do you want to make 400 deliveries? So so. Went to other went, went to other brokers and find, found somebody that was more acclimated to our smaller size, and you wind up paying pioneering fees instead of five five percent brokerage, and just you got to be there, you got to get out, you got to build relationships, and you got to learn, and and once you, you know, knowledge is power, applied knowledge is powerful. So so it's one one thing to know know something. But you got to do something about it, yeah. like, like, like this show here. If, if, if you guys don't take one thing away from it and implement it, you've wasted your time. Yeah. If you can do two or three things, Yahoo! But, but you got to take at least one thing away, learn and implement it. It's really one of the reasons why Sean and I do this podcast. It's because 
we are huge proponents of education. We just continue to, we, I, I want, I have a thirst for knowledge all the time. And it's like, if, if we just sit here and we don't take anything from it, where it, it makes no sense, we, we have to be able to do that. And then executing those plans. Sometimes people want to grow so fast and scale so fast. They don't understand that it's a process and you have to embrace that process and you have to embrace falling down, but you have to embrace getting back up. You know, that that's part of learning and doing it. You can't, you can't always read all the things in a book and you can't like for me, you know, I know, you know, growing up, my dad would say, you know, you shouldn't do that. And I'm like, well, I'm going to fuck, uh, I'm going to do it, mm-hmm. you know, and until I did it and learned myself, right. it was, uh, it never really stuck with me. I had to always like that oven's hot. Mm, how hot is it? You know, you, t- you got to touch it a little bit and, and burn yourself first. And, and that, that's, uh, that's something that ingrains in me, but everyone learns a little bit differently. How many no's do you have to get before you learn how to get a yes? That, yeah. that, that was a, that was a big thing for me. I was absolutely horrible at it. I, my, my first sales call, I went into a, a 500 square foot butcher store and said, "You don't need any barbecue sauce today, do you?" <laughs> as, it turns, as it turns out, they didn't. <laughs> I'd like to think my spiel got a little bit better. <laughs> But certainly not for a while. At some point, I'd walk out of a sales call. Ooh, I could have said this. Ooh, I could have said that. So, so a little bit after that, I wrote myself a sheet: responses to common objections. Yeah. And yeah. It's, then I go into sales. Wait, 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 wait! I got it right. <laughs> this is the answer for yeah. you. Funny you asked. I got it. Let me go through page two. It's right here. And then that didn't happen right away either. But. But over time, it got better. Over time, I learned how to speak to people and learned how, how even more to listen to people and, and came to understand that you got to fit into the store's program. The store doesn't have to fit into my program. And, and the broker network helped a ton with that. Having brokers, they had relationships with the stores. They had relationships with the buyers. They, they knew what programs were available. What, uh, what kind of qualities and characteristics of brokers did you find were the most successful? Because it's one of the things that's, I mean, it's a theme throughout business and, you know, in your experience, what, well, there's what been, were you looking there's for? There's been tremendous, somebody to say yes. There's been tremendous consolidation. So there's even less brokers now. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, how do you get a broker? You, you call the biggest guy and before he hangs up on you, you try to say, well, if I'm not the right guy for you, could you recommend somebody to to you? And some guys will stay hang up on you, but 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 over time, there'll be there'll be people to make recommendations to you, just so they don't feel bad about themselves and they can get rid of you. But but just you know, you have to make calls, you have to ask, and and. You know, in, in the beginning, there, it, everything was a co- conflict of interest. I already represent Open Pit. I already re- represent Casey Masterpiece. As consolidations occurred, they, they represented more than one barbecue sauce. And, and what, one of the big things that helped us was, was the Casey Masterpiece broker lost the business because Clorox bought Casey Masterpiece, and all of that business went to the Clorox broker. So now all of a sudden there were brokers out there who had lots of information about how to take a premium barbecue sauce to market. And these guys were anxious to have Sweet Baby Ray's example of how the revenge factor would work in your benefit. Sure. But that's having your pulse on the industry, right? You have to. No, that that was having a, that, that, that was finding one broker who got lost business because of KC Masterpiece Mm -hmm. and, and then. It didn't take an idiot to figure out, oh, this one guy could help me. Well, maybe right. the guy in the next city representing, formerly representing Casey Masterpiece. Did you have one of those, like, you know, aha moments when, like, when were you going from, you know, 10 cases, 20 cases, when all of a sudden you're like, someone came in and gave you an order for, you know, a thousand or a hundred cases where you're like, oh so my God, this I would is say our, our, our second year in the mainstream grocery stores, specifically in Chicago and Jewel, a buyer offered us a opportunity for a half price deal. So instead of the normal 150 cases a week, that they bought 900 cases, and and our eyeballs lit up with that. And at that point in time, my my partner was of of, of the opinion, well, anybody could give it away. <laughs> Not true. Three times crap is still crap. Sure. Yeah. So 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 we got this opportunity, and they went through the 900 cases. 
Some months later, they offered us a buy one, get one free deal and a 99 cent deal. And these deals went from 900 cases to 1500 cases to 3000 cases. In the end, we were selling six to 7,000 cases for a, a, a big promotion and aha. Right, yeah. right. Uh -huh. Well, we, uh, we, we talk about family business a lot. Um, you know, Derek being a third generation butcher, you know, my, my grandfather, he was a medical doctor, but he got us into the restaurant business and I was busting tables, washing dishes when I was 12. Um, tell us about your relationship with your, your nephew. He's a managing partner of our business. Now, that says a lot. That says a lot. <laughs> it, 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 I'll just say this and then I'll shut up and, and, and let him talk for a while. I had a great relationship with my business partner for 18 years in the sauce business. The last 10 years I spent sharing office space with, with my nephew and there's two or three or four times a week we tell each other that I love you. I love you too, Uncle Dave. Uh, <laughs> this does not necessarily happen with my wife. <laughs> so to have the depth of a relationship like that, I mean, there is never anything that happens because he wants something or because I want something. 100% of the time, it's what's in the best interest of, of, of the business and our employees and their families. So, so that's our, our, our marching orders to each other. And and now I'm, I'm down to 25% of my time on, on the business. The rest of my time I spend on Illinois Barbecue, National Barbecue, and trying to serve the common good for me specifically in the inner city of Chicago. And now I want to shut up so my business partner still likes me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. And uh, so, Deuce, you, you started doing the Deuces Wild, right? Mm -hmm. And, I mean, you kind of... Did pretty good yesterday with some uh, nice awards. Very impressive. Yeah, that was very uh, impressive. It's well, it's awesome. the third year we entered in the awards of excellence at the MBBQA conference, and for the last three years we've got first place in at least one category, and then a couple second and thirds each year as well. So, you know, very excited about it. I know it's a great product. It's the hard part is like Dave said, it's getting out there and getting distribution, and you have to put the time in. You know, mm -hmm. every business is the more time and more effort you put into it, the more you're going to get out of it, just about pretty much anything in life. And uh, right now I'm very focused on the catering business and the restaurants. So I'm doing less with Deuce as well than, than I would actually need to, to, to grow it and scale it. But it's definitely something I'm always working on a little bit in the background. And, you know, that's eventually going to be what I think I'm going to end my career on is doing Deuce's wild sauces, rubs, maybe packaged meats, you know, who knows what else restaurants and yeah. restaurants and competitions. I mean, that's really where my passion lies is barbecue in general is my passion. But I think with the Deuces Wild brand, something that uh, I'm very excited about that. I, I get so pumped up for competitions. It's like, I don't know. It's like such a small piece and it doesn't really mean too much, but it's like something that drives me, you yeah, know, sure. and that I really, really enjoy doing them. Now you, you got, uh, you know, it'd be easy for you to kind of, you know, just talk to your uncle, get a job. But you actually went to culinary school for, for four years, right? Right. And I was actually, you know, when we were talking about our relationship, Uncle Dave was always like my favorite uncle. He would <laughs> once a year when we were um, in grade school, we would go down to Uncle Dave's house. We lived up in Wisconsin. We'd go down to Chicago and he would always like take us downtown we go to Edda Bevix and go to the Museum of Science and Industry and it was always like the highlight of my summer was going down to see Uncle Dave and Aunt Kathy and um, I still remember to this day it's just I loved it so much and I actually wrote in a high school letter that you like write to yourself like your your goals and everything sure that I wanted to have a barbecue restaurant with Uncle Dave no way. and you know they sent that letter back to me like 15 years after I graduated oh, and rad. I just read it like not too long ago. It was really? Like, unbelievable. That's super and cool. You still have that? Oh, I, I can't help myself. I have to interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> this is what, this is what I remember. This is how I got into the barbecue restaurant business. Deuce <laughs> came to live with, with my wife and I in, in Chicago while he we went to culinary school. Hey, uncle Dave, let's buy a smoker. Hey, uncle Dave, let's buy a bigger smoker. Yes. Hey, uncle Dave, let's get into the restaurant business. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, yeah. Oh, that was our first big fight was at his house in the backyard over, I'm sure, more than half a dozen beers. We were sitting around the <laughs> around the fire. He has an awesome fire pit in his backyard. 
and I was going to be the executive chef right out of the gate. And he was like, no way. You don't have the chops. You've never done it before. And I was, you know, 21 years old oh, yeah. with a package on saying, I know this. I know this. And he was absolutely right. <laughs> I would not have done well right out of the gate. And Well, it was you know, back when you were 21 and you knew everything. Yeah, and exactly. You, and then when you were 25, you realized you know nothing. That, nothing. Yeah. Exactly. And we know even less now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it really but, is. I, I did the same thing when I came into my dad's store. It was... You know, I got done playing football and I'm like, okay, I'm going to come in. I came in, um, I grabbed a ribeye. You know, I tell the story a lot about it. I grabbed a ribeye and I'm like starting to cut it. He's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm going to cut, cut meat. You know, he's like, no, you're not. That bathroom over there, you need to go clean that bathroom. Oh man. And I'm like, oh man, like I thought I was going to come in here and just start like doing what the meat cutters and butchers do. And he's like, no. And then you're going to, after you do all that, you're going to learn how to make sauce. And after you learn how to make sauce, you're going to learn how to marinate our meats. And then, so I literally had to start from, but mm-hmm. I thought I knew everything. And I was so fucking mad. I was so mad about it. I'm like, dude, what, why am I doing this stuff? And it's, there's nothing more valuable than that. It's just learning every single thing. So there's not a job in my store that I don't know. And I, I know exactly how long it should take you because I, I did it for years, right. you know, and it's, uh, that's invaluable. Sure. This kind of sums up things. We're at the conference last year and, Deuce and Kevin Coleman, the Weber guy, were in the state contest, and they wind up winning third place in the state contest last year. And I get a text from famous Dave, Dave Anderson, and it said, generational. (laughs) (laughs) Brought a tear to my eye, absolutely, positively, no doubt about it. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, especially in the restaurant business, hospitality business, it's, it's rare that the next generation <coughs> wants to get into the business. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you were working, what, at 14? Right. Because you know, I, I hated it. I hated the restaurant. I, there was no chance I was going to be in the restaurant. Well, I got sucked in because I, <laughs> I was sucked in. <laughs> I got sucked in. I, I was in... I got sucked in by the line cooks feeding me beer as a dishwasher. <laughs> nice. And that was like, oh, I was all about it. You know? yeah. But I yeah, started working at 14 for my dad's restaurant. And uh, once I was finishing high school, I said, this isn't for me. You know, my dad's working all the time, nights, weekends, holidays. I'm going to go to college. Went to college for a year and said, absolutely not. I'm not doing that anymore. And then ended up living in Park City, Utah for a year with some buddies. Nice. During the 2002 Winter Olympics. Nice. Worked at an awesome restaurant that won a best restaurant in Park City that year. What was and it called? It was called the Sage Grill. Okay. And it was California cuisine. Nice. We went to the farmer's market, got fresh uh, vegetables, got fish flown in from Hawaii. It was really great experience. So kind of realized my passion for food then and decided I want to move back to the Midwest because I missed my family and moved in with Uncle Dave and started going to Kendall College in Chicago. And, uh, yeah, it's been a, it was a great experience. I would never never uh, change a thing about the culinary school. I wanted to end after two years but was bribed by my dad and uncle to go on and get my bachelor <laughs> degree. And uh was a great experience, though. And like I said on stage, I mean, the last two years of culinary school, it was their first time doing the bachelor degree. I was in the first graduating class that they had it for culinary arts. And so they threw a bunch of money at the program and they had chefs from all over the world. And you said and it was like an international it thing, was, right? It was, yeah, mainly based around international cuisine. And we just learned a lot, worked with every ingredient you could imagine and some that you wouldn't even sure. heard of before. It was, it was a really cool experience. I think that opened up probably a lot of different avenues for you, especially in the barbecue world, because in mm-hmm. the barbecue world, we like to stay pretty centered on what we do and right. how we do it. Um, and one of the cool things that you did yesterday was present, you know, how to cook different flavors, different flavor profiles. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that. So our presentation yesterday was uh, authentic, authentically smoked meats with Asian flavor profiles. And we, you know, highlighted some stuff from Southeast Asia, Korea, Japan. And uh, it's just, it's really using our te- our barbecue techniques, you know, smoking low and slow, but using like a Korean beef uh, short rib marinade, kalbi, and soy sauce, and brown sugar, and ginger, and garlic, and those really big flavors that pair well with the meat. And, you know, it's so simple, but it doesn't have to be just Asian. That's what we focused on yesterday, but you can use African cuisine, or Indian cuisine, or, you know, there's all parts of the world have some form of barbecue, right? Yeah. And that's how cooking started over open sure. fire. 
And if you pick up a few of their ingredients and apply what you already know and some of the ingredients you already have in your cooler, you can really come up with a career, some awesome specials in your menu. Whether you have a restaurant, a food truck, catering business, you know, it can work. You know, you do a little research. There's so much information now with, with the Internet and Instagram is you can get a visual of it and everything. So it's really easy. It's nothing that I, you know. This has been around for a long time. Their chef's been doing it way before me, but you know, a little fusion of different cuisines and barbecues. I give you a lot cuisine. of credit. I give you a lot of credit. I mean, it is a bold move to come to a National Barbecue Association <laughs> and to talk to people that are, you know, cooking four meats, five meats, you know, yeah. up to seven meats, but to talk about different flavor profiles. And, you know, that's the power of what National Barbecue Association is all yeah. about. It's about education and it's about, you know, it's a global phenomenon. Right. You know, the, the Netflix documentary barbecue mm-hmm. and that it addresses fire being cooked all over the world. Right. You know, and that, that was the beginning of barbecue. I was back there then. <laughs> <laughs> what were you doing back there? Somewhere after fire and before the wheel. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so I told somebody about my presentation, and they said, you're going to do that in Texas? <laughs> like, it's good. No, it's great. I mean, you even talked about how, you know, a lot of people will cut the, the short rib, like a flankton style, and, and cut mm-hmm. it real thin, you know, and you're telling right. people, you don't have to do that. You can do it as a whole English cut or a, yeah. or a thicker cut and smoke it kind of how you would or, or whatever you want to do so you can bring them together because it's got to break yeah. down. People don't understand, like... It, you, you got to break those pieces of meat, meat down. I mean, it's, if right. you put enough sugar in it and caramelize it, sure, it'll, it'll be okay, but it's not going to be like some tender, tender you know, yeah, succulent piece of meat. Piece yeah. of meat. And that's why I think it's cool about, you know, the money muscle is something that you can totally part out and cook separately, and it's a totally different cut of meat. You can slice it, you do it as center of the plate, or I don't know. It's just something that really is kind of trendy in the foodie world is different cuts of meat, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that it applies and. You know, it comes from the competition world, but it's something that we can use in our restaurant or, or wherever, you know. So how's uh, how's catering going? Walk us through some of your caterings. Um, catering's going well. You know, we have such a large scope. And so we'll do anything from box lunches to 20 for 20 people. And, and this we'll is do... what's, what's SBR? So we have two catering brands, Sweet Baby Race Catering, which is a barbecue, fun, interactive. And then we have True Cuisine special events, which is our upscale and elevated catering company that we do weddings and corporate events for. Um, so we'll do box lunches to the True Cuisine brand. We'll do uh, 20 person drop off barbecue orders. And then we'll uh, see 20 person. How, how soon do they have to order that? Well, we have a 48 hour cutoff, but that hours. doesn't happen. All the time. <laughs> Tell them about Chase. That to me is impressive. Oh, yeah. Very impressive. Sure. We were talking about it last night, and so one of the largest events, if not the largest event we do every year, is the J.P. Morgan Chase Challenge in downtown Chicago, and we service uh, over 50 different companies, and it's about 5,000 people, and it's all served at the same time. So we rent like three refrigerated trucks, we have hot food delivery um, up to two hours before the event, and it's just a logistical nightmare, sure. and we've done it. Sounds it, like it. Yeah, and... We have over 120 staff members on site that day. We start preparing, you know, weeks in advance. We have meetings months in advance. Um, we it it's undertaking. It takes a whole team to really produce that event. Well, I mean, that stuff is really important because we talk about special events, catering, sporting events. In order to get your hospitality is providing for those events and you need food for those events. Barbecue works amazing. And, sure you know, does. but building those relationships, it doesn't happen overnight. Nope. You know, talk, talk us, uh, tell us a little bit of how that happened. Well, a lot of it and how we look at catering in general is definitely as far as the sales perspective goes, it's relationship driven. So you have to do that 20 person barbecue drop off perfectly. And if you forget the napkins, they're not even going to call you the next time. And, yeah. and let alone if the food is messed up in some way. So that's the same way the chase happens. You have to earn their, earn their trust to do the smaller orders. And then they'll call you in and do a larger picnic or a holiday event, you know, and that's when we really make money is when we're doing, you know, hundreds of people or thousands of people on these larger events. And, you know, it always starts with that relationship. So after you do five or six orders from them, the person that does the ordering has a relationship with the salesperson. So if you are running five minutes late or you do forget the serving utensils or something, once you have that relationship, they're much more forgiving. Sure. You know, they have a buildup of confidence in sure. you. And re- and that's why I explain in the sales process, it takes time 
because you have to build those relationships to earn their respect and their trust. Sean, Sean and I will tell people all the time that want to get into catering. It's don't, don't be so quick to say no to those 20, 20 people that mm-hmm. you're, you're building something right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You might not make all the money right then, but it's like, it's a long play. Like you, right. you had to get their trust. So then, okay, well now I'm only feeding 20 people right now, but when they had to feed 200 right. people, you want them to say, okay, yeah, we can use them. We've used them for four other events. You know, let's give right. them the shot. Then you make sure you're hyper, hyper focused on it and hyper sensitive to every, every little thing, every checklist you have and you nail that 200. Then all of a sudden, then it's like, okay, yeah, here, yeah. here we go. This is what's going to happen. You know, catering's a business of saves. It's not a business of wins. A wins, a saves is good, good as a win. And it is just so challenging. Off prem catering, you're the away team every game. Yes. <laughs> so, so, so there are going <laughs> to well, be challenges well and, and the your success is how how you deal with the challenges, which is what I mean by by you getting a save. Right. Sure, absolutely. And one of the things that you know we we talk about is that twenty person catering. You don't know who is going to get that food, and you have to treat every single project, every single person that comes into your restaurant. You have no idea what their buying power is. Right. You have to treat it like it's the most important person in the world. Yeah, that's that, that, that's not me. I mean, we we have a director of sales and a sales organization, and get your butts out there and call on new people because yep. we, we need new business. I like that. So we can learn how to say no to some of our existing business. Sure. Right, 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 right now. Well, not not so much right now, but but a few years ago, we would take everything that came our way because we needed everything for all the reasons that that you just said. But, and, and what you said, but now we've grown our business where, where we have a higher payroll and more expenses, yes. more expenses, and we need more bigger, profitable business to, to pay our bills. And, and when we, we, we got in Sweet Baby Rays, we got into Sweet Baby Rays catering, we saw opportunity there. So we acquire it and it's still it's still flush with cash from from selling sweet baby ray sauce. So we we bought a catering company to speed up our learning curve, and and that helps. But it's still you you you, you got to have. So so in, in in buying that catering company, I, I doing doing my due diligence. I learned that there were many many companies out there in a million two million dollars in sales, barely marginally profitable. Right. Yeah. I, I, the company I bought. Uh, they were doing 1.4 million in sales after 30 years. Kill me if I'm in business for, for, for 30 years and I'm doing 1.4 million in sales. So, so, so you know, in, in, in again, in doing that due diligence, we, we understood right from that 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 we have to grow our business to last. You know, to to, to be in business 30 years. She was still a mom and a pop girl, and yeah. and I kind of got past that with, with with the sauce business and with my nephew on board and the the team that we have that that, that likes to get paid every two weeks. It's sure, you need more business to to grow your business to to stay in business. It's very very important. What uh what kind of things are you doing to address the business landscape changing? I mean, I know. Um, you know, we're living in a digital world and I, you know, I applaud you for your leadership and what you, what you do with NBBQA and Deuce you as well. You guys, I mean, you're, you're about getting involved and Mm -hmm. we do that because there's a lot of things that we don't have any clue what what we're doing. And that's why we come to events like this is because we learn, um, you know, from families like you and, and through sharing. I mean, the biggest thing I did was pass the reins on down to my nephew for again, what you just said, he, he he has youth enthusiasm and knowledge of what's going on in social media and the future of 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 everything. I mean, just just like these kids in in Parkland where that that that, that they had the shooting at, they, you know, they're making their point by saying that if you don't listen to us now, it doesn't matter. We're going to outlive you. Yeah, and and, and, and <laughs> right. that's a, you know that, that that's where we are in our company. It, is I've tried to give Deuce as much information as everybody in our team can, can get to him, and now he's got that information, and it, it's up to him to take his vision forward. Not my vision, not his dad's vision, not people who work in the in the company. He's got to take his passion for what he believes in to take it where he wants to go. Don't put that much pressure on me, Uncle. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's great. I mean, for, for me, I had a, an uncle in, in my business, and my dad was kind of more towards what, what you are, you know. Um, my uncle was like, like, man, Derek's always on the computer, or Derek's doing something. I'm like, 
he didn't under he couldn't grasp that you know this is where everything was going and for for him if i was on the computer i wasn't working you right. know and it, it didn't make sense to him and he didn't understand until those numbers started changing and we you know for me <clears throat> i got into the business and it was you know they were again an, an old old store and they didn't even know they were basically bankrupt you know they were they were they were working on um i mean no money at all and i come in and kind of revamp it and, and, and re-energize it with you know they're they're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel right they're they're ready to get out and retire where i came in with a new new thing and they just couldn't grab or my dad could grasp it and it's it's important to allow you know the the new people the the younger people the generations to come in obviously we don't know everything you know because sure. we, we were still going to learn but to to help it grow there has to be some sort of leash that you give them you know, just just give them enough to, to let them run, and and that's going to be amazing to see what what can happen. Because like we talked about, to get advertising out for Sweet Baby Ray's, you know, earlier, you know, to right now you can hit a hundred thousand people like that on social media, and and people can see your your advertisement. That that didn't happen back in the day. So to be able to do those things and, and be innovative, um, I'm excited to see how it goes. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's always changing too. So we have to keep educating ourselves, keep learning, keep having these discussions yeah. because it's always evolving. And don't be naive to it and understand right. you don't know everything. It's right. okay, but exactly. we just keep learning. Like things are going to shift. And, and for, for us, we're, we're a, a single unit grocery store. So I, I can pivot pretty quick when things change, you know, right now it's a big thing with, um, you know, MCT oils and, and the ketogenic diets and all that stuff. So I'm bringing in on and bulletproof and all these different things in the, in a grocery store where people wouldn't even think, you know, a grocery store like mine has that, but it's, I can pivot that fast because mm-hmm. in, in these bigger stores can't, they can't pivot that fast. Flexibility of management, a, a major attribute and, and, and point of difference between big companies. You and I could change our deals on the spot and get business where Casey Masterpiece, this is the program, yeah. and and just just a it, it was a certainly a a competitive advantage for us flexibility of management because we were young enough, a small enough company that that we make the decisions. Right. Yeah. It's it's big. It's big. It's important, and it's what uh, is going to keep that entrepreneur spirit going. People like us that can can do it. You, you know, you can do it, and you can you can go up against those guys, and and you know, but you just ha- you can't be naive. You just have to know that things are changing, and you know when they do, let's go. And sometimes sometimes it doesn't work. I mean, there's been a lot of times for me that you know it didn't work as well as I thought it was going to work. I and mean, then there's times that we've hit home runs where it's you know like in the craft beer industry, shit, we had. We were doing seven, six, seven hundred dollars a week in sales in in beer. You know, we were just selling like Coors Light and Bud Light. We have over a thousand beers now. We sell fifteen thousand dollars a week in beer. You know, wow. just one of those things where it's just different now. It's you know, but you have to be able to to change. Wayne, I'd I'd say just about fifty fifty. You got to learn from the stuff that works, and you got to learn from the stuff that doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not learning from your mistakes, you ain't going to be around too long. The only bad mistake is the one you don't learn from. Uh, that's, yeah. uh, that's the truth. Tell us about why why it's important to be involved in associations. <clears throat> My situation is different. I, I I I don't have children, and I had success with Sweet Baby Ray, so I was able to 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 try to put effort into serving the common good earlier than other people because I didn't have you know I, I had money beyond what my family need. Most people have to work their whole life just to support their family. I, I had time and money after selling my business that, 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 that I could try. For, for me, it's important because it makes me feel good to do nice things to help people. I can't imagine that's not the same for everybody. And then after you start to get involved, like I'll just talk about NBBQQA, is for me, it was the relationships, meeting people, hanging out, learning stuff initially, but now it's trying to move barbecue forward. I mean, that sure. I, I, I for sure spend time surfing the common good in the inner city of Chicago, but but we're, we're at the Barbecue Association, so I want to talk about barbecue, and my, my, my vision and my mission, as I see it, is to equate barbecue and grilling equals Americana, equals family yeah if i can just get you into barbecue i'm not doing a thing but if i get you and your family into it yahoo and barbecue a noun and a verb it's not just eating the food 
It's the experience of being outside with friends and family that you care about, having a good time to wherever you want to take it. Yeah, we uh, we had Mark uh, Lambert, the president of MBBQA, on with Stuart um, on our last podcast, and he, he told us a story about what you did for him. Lambert or Stuart? Lambert. You want to tell us a little bit how that how that went down? Uh not necessarily sure. What I remember is is with Deuce going down to Memphis in May in 2009 for a conference, and and we were cooking some food, and I think Deuce got to learn, got to meet Mark by being in the kitchen, talking about barbecue and what they were doing, and I sat down with him a couple different times when he was still working for one of the utility companies, and and. Like everybody here, trying to take their passion and make it their career, and he was doing. Uh, when when he was talking to me at that time, he was he was making a little bit of money on fundraising events, and and all I really remember is having that conversation and offering him some encouragement to keep on going and to you know, open up your mind and see what's out this way instead of be having tunnel vision and, mm-hmm. and being limited to this and. I, I, honestly, I don't remember too much well, more than I'll that. I'll let you know that he said that you had an, a profound impact on him and you changed everything for him, you know, having that conversation with you. and But it was because he put himself out there and he was willing to be at that event where he never thought that he would even be able to talk to you or that you would talk to him. But not only did you talk to him, you gave him so much depth of knowledge that changed his career. And, you know, he's just doing incredible things. Interesting. I mean, I, I really don't remember that. Last year, him and Linda Orison came into Chicago. They stayed over night at my house, and I can't tell you what kind of enjoyable experience that is to to have barbecue barbecue people come into Chicago, go hang out, see stuff, and then come back to my house and and eventually sleep. But you just wind up getting so comfortable talking and. Geez, what, 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 you know, how many guys get to have the president of the association at their house, the past president, president, <laughs> and Heath Hall's coming pretty soon. I'm hoping yeah. to get him. Yeah. <laughs> it's a rite of passage. I like that. Yeah. It's just awesome. Do you remember that? Well, I remember. Yeah, I remember when uh, Mark and Linda came into Chicago. Uh, I cooked a dinner for them, and I think David Mixon was there as well, and Brad Barrett, too. This I don't know. There was a couple times. Mm-hmm. One thing I remember was hilarious was I was just driving home from a meeting. It was later at night, and I called Uncle Dave just to like check in at the end of the night. And he always has his phone on speaker, so if you ever call <laughs> Uncle Dave, just be aware that I, somebody is probably listening because it's always on speaker. My dad does the same thing. That's so, hilarious. So, huh? <laughs> so I was driving home from this meeting late at night, and I said, "Hey, Uncle Dave, just checking in," and I go. And I hear, what up, Deuce? And it's, it's Brad Orson in the car. And I'm like, Brad, what are you doing in Chicago? So That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, the hospitality that, that uh, barbe- the barbecue community has is unlike anything else. It's, it's unparalleled. It's, it's so exciting that, you know, we, as younger, younger guys coming into this, you know, it can be very intimidating to, to talk to some of these big, big time names. And, you know, you, you hear about them, you read about them and, and see them on TV. And then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we got done speaking and it's like, you're, you're talking to these guys and you just realize again, they're just normal people, man. Just, mm-hmm. it's the same, it's the same breed and everyone, they want nothing more than just to help you grow. And it's a true organic feeling. That was Mike Mills for me. I, yeah. I in, in my mind, I really got into barbecue after reading Peace, Love and Barbecue, Mike and Amy's book. And I, 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 I tried to email and I got through to Amy and she said that, that her dad still uses snail mail. <laughs> <laughs> And so, so for a good while, I was shipping messages by email to, to Mike from Amy and unbelievable to me that this guy whose book I just read knew about Sweet Baby Ray's. Yeah. And and, and then I think, I think it came out that he was like a fan or whatever, probably bologna sausage, but whatever that led to, (laughs) that led me to take a trip down to Murfreesboro and, and actually meet Mike and to have this guy like, Take me and, and talk to me like like I'm a, like like I'm an equal. You know? yeah. I, I just couldn't believe it. And just to 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 touch on what you said about, about barbecue, barbecue guys hang out together. We eat barbecue. We talk barbecue. We talk to each other. P- 
pizza guys don't do that. Yeah. So I yeah. mean, that, that is a huge difference. Is, is, is this industry is much more willing to share information, and we sort of want to be around each other, and we want to encourage each other, and we want everybody else to, to have success in the industry. Yeah, I mean, we, we wouldn't be where we are if it wasn't for Gene Goykachea, you know, helping taking the time to help us put on an amateur barbecue contest. And, you know, I reached out to KCBS. He was the only person that actually called me back, not only called me back, but came to the restaurant, sat down with me and spent hours, if not thousands of hours answering questions, helping us get through the process to the point where he's like, well, you know, after we did the first event, if you want to turn your restaurant into a barbecue restaurant, you know, I'll, I'll be willing to help you with you know recipes and I mean, I mean I didn't know the first thing about barbecue how about our relationship I mean I did I didn't right? know, I, I didn't know you from beans I thought I, I don't know maybe Deuce introduced me to you or, or whatever it was just but, that phone call it was that phone call it was just the NBBQA SIG call I think mm-hmm. it was did, didn't meet you till yesterday and we must have had 10 emails Easily. back and forth sending good information I really appreciate and, everything that and, you and getting to know each other I mean the inf- information was what, what was a byproduct what, what, what I got to understand was was you were a good human being you, you cared about business you knew about business you were learning about your business you were having success and and you know then that then we have all this under our belt now. Yeah, right. you know, just, just, just through emails and and one partial phone call, and you know, I'm sure we'll be a friend. We'll be friends till uh, I'm absolutely. not around anymore. Absolutely. If you're anywhere in California, you can better believe that Derek and I will be at the airport picking you guys up. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, we don't care if you're at the north. We'll still pick you up and, and drive you down. And as we've talked, Deuce's sister lives in San Diego. That's right. I, she I, actually I, was at the restaurant. Oh, she, right, yeah. right. You were so impressive to me. I'm like, hey, go check this guy out. You know, check out his place. That means the world to us. Yeah, that's, that, that's awesome. It's <clears throat> exciting to see that barbecue people don't try to can- cannibalize each other. You know, oh. you, you see it a lot of times in, in different industries. <clears throat> and we talk about it with the beer industry in San Diego. <clears throat> Stone Brewery is better because of Ballast Point. Mm-hmm. And Ballast Point's better because of Alesmith Brewery. You know, and, and everyone just makes each other better. And that's what the barbecue, it's, it's more of a movement. You know, it's sure. a movement and it's bringing people together and it's, it's, uh, creating memories and it's stuff you can't take away. And there, there's, I mean, bar- barbecue people are salt, salt of the earth. It's just, it's, it's, uh, like you said, Mike Mills, I and mean, we talked to him the other day and it was, uh, just, you know, amazing to how engaged he was in just what we're doing. He yeah. didn't have to be engaged in what we were doing and, and, and talk to us. And, but it's like, man, this is, this is the guy. This is the man. And he's taking time out, taking an hour out to talk to us. So he, he's not the guy because of his barbecue. He, he's the guy because how he feels about barbecue. One of my first experiences with, with him was the first, first conference I was at. There, there was a, everybody was walking in, hundreds and hundreds of people. All looking at Mike Mills talking to me, I, I, I was like so. I was like so proud. <laughs> and at that time, we were talking about how we were both Illinois guys. Well, he's downstate, I'm upstate, kind of like almost two different countries. My single biggest thrill in barbecue, I got to walk the the invitational section of the, of, of the American Royal. With Mike for two and a half hours. Wow! But everybody who I didn't know, I got to meet, and there were at least fifty times, maybe 120 teams. Fifty of those 120 teams. Mike, come on over, take a picture. <laughs> Mike, and Mike was, well, you guys know Sweet Baby D- Dave. Come on over, come. Right. He, he got me in fifty pictures, <laughs> and it just unbelievable. At some point, we stopped by, uh, by, by, by. Darren, Iowa, Smokey D's, one, yeah. one, one of the best cookers in the country. So Randy Twyford gets Mike to come over, have a sandwich with him. So they have pork from Iowa, Smokey D's, and, and they put Mark Lambert's sweet swine o' mine yeah. on, on, on their sandwich. And I wasn't in that good. I didn't get the sandwich, but I got to watch him eat it. <laughs> That's awesome. When That's... we were in Jacksonville three years ago, um, it was the first time I was really involved in the conference. They had me speak. I won a couple sauce awards, and we did the barbecue dream team. And I just remember uh, Mike Mill. Dave wasn't able to come down that year, and you know Mike was looking after me and everything. And I just remember by the end of the conference. I was in tears talking to Mike Mills saying how awesome this was and how awesome that he was that supportive of me. And he's just, you know, he's like a, a grandfather to me, you know, yeah. and he's just 
so much respect for for Mike and what he's done and how he treats other people. You know, and it's just it's incredible that people like that. You know, for us having Gene Goikachea, you know, he's he's a grandfather to my son now. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's he's family to us, and he introduced us to Arlie Bragg, who helps us with our Del Mar KCBS contest. And you know, my wife and I went out with Gene to uh, Kansas City, and he introduced us to Carolyn Wells. We got to go to see old KCBS headquarters. We got to see their new headquarters. We went to which did you like better? <laughs> <laughs> I actually like the old one. The old the old one's more Bulgarian. It's more of uh, you know the converted house into it's kind of like what our restaurant looks like. But um, you know, Carolyn Wells. For somebody that spent her whole life giving back in barbecue and, you know, building KCBS to what it is. And, you know, her, we went to, you know, Oklahoma Joe's, now Kansas City Joe's, and we're sitting there having this incredible lunch. And, you know, she's like, do you guys want to see the kitchen? We're like, I absolutely want to see the kitchen. Yeah. You know, they're, Carolyn, come on back. You know, we go back, me and my wife, Jean, see all these incredible old hickory pits, you know, talking to the guys. Like, how are you running this operation? I mean, it is unbelievable the amount of of production that's coming out of this gas station. Did you have the Z-Man? Oh, absolutely. Had to. We What's had the to. Z-Man? Uh, thin, sl- they slice their brisket thin mm-hmm. and with uh, onion rings and provolone, provolone cheese. Yeah, so, it, it so, like so, po- so popular. They have a whole retail line of shirts and all hats <laughs> just called the Z-Man. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. I remember the first time I went there, um, I went to Kansas State, and my buddy's like, hey, we got to go have some barbecue in Kansas City. It's about... You know, two hours away, and I'm like, okay, like, you know, let's, let's see what it's all about. So we go, and he pulls into this gas station. He's like, all right. And I'm like, well, we're at a gas station. What, what are we, you know, where's the barbecue? And he kind of points over. He says, you see that line forming? And I'm like, oh, shit. So we got in the line, and I mean, you're just in awe. And they were just so hospitable there, too. I mean, it's uh, it's great. You know, we're, we're excited to see uh, what, what Kansas City has in store for us next year <clears throat> at the NBBQA. I, I was just there last year for my first time. I was there two other times <clears throat> with two-hour waits. I didn't 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 wait in line, but I'm there last year, only a 20-minute wait. I No seats. I go out, and I pile my stuff on the car, <laughs> call Deuce up. Hey, I'm at Kansas City. <laughs> I got burn You got them before they sold out. Smart. That's smart. Yeah, they did good. Uh, tell us a little bit about Cater Source. Cater Source Convention is awesome. I went there for the first time 10 years ago and was absolutely blown away when we were first just getting started in catering. And uh, the amount of innovation and creativity and amount of the high level of execution that you see at this event. I didn't even know the production value was so high with what catering could be, you know, or is in some, at some level. And I mean... I don't. I can't put in words how much I did not know, you know, and how much I've learned from Cater Source. So I went there ten years ago, and then I was there again four years ago, and then uh, this year they actually asked me to speak there, and uh, it was a huge honor for me. I mean, there's uh, three thousand over three thousand people at that convention, and they had it at Caesar's Palace, and it was just the amount of classes are awesome, and they range from sales. To food innovation trends is always something that everybody's talking about there you know what are the trends for 2018 and beyond and um, it's very very educational and then what's really cool and I talked to Stuart about this um, they film all the classes they do full audio and video and then they integrate it with the PowerPoint nice. so at the end of the conference you can buy a package and you can get all of the all of the classes mm-hmm. and it's like 150 bucks, but wow. you're already spending, you know, $1,500 sure. to go there. So it's not, it's a very easy add on. Well, a lot of the times and you can't make it to all the educational you, There's no way impossible. you can. There's yeah. sometimes there's two, three, four classes going on at the same time. So it's great. Then you can bring it back, share it with your team. And like Dave was saying earlier, you really, I mean, for it to be worth your while to come to these conferences, you have to take away something and implement something, at yeah. least one or two things. And, uh, if you're just getting into catering or you maybe you've been in catering for like two or three years and you want to expand your catering or, you know, learn more about a specific topic like sales or how to manage your budget better, you, there's a ton of value to go to Cater Source. Do you listen sure. to any catering podcasts? I don't. You know, I'm not sure if there is, actually. So, so you're going to start, gonna start there's, one? There's your yeah. avenue. There's yeah. your avenue. You better now, start now it. Now we're talking. Yeah. yeah. Now we're talking. I'm sure you have nothing on your plate, right? <laughs> no. You're, you're to, uh, I got time to do a podcast every week. Sure. Yeah. For sure. That's awesome. 
so tell tell us a little bit, uh, just anything what you guys have planned for this year and um, when people come to Chicago, how they can find you, where your restaurants are, how they can book you for caterings. Sure. So uh, we're located in Wooddale, Illinois. SBRcatering.com is our website. And we actually have a special event on uh, April 20th. And you can sign up through our website, through Eventbrite. And uh, it's actually going to be pretty much what I did the demonstration on yesterday. So uh, authentically smoked meats with Asian flavor profiles. We have a fellow uh, Chicago barbecue guy, Greg, uh, from Chicago Culinary Kitchen. And he's going to demo a Peking duck. And how this came about was he was doing that at his mm. restaurant and he put it on Instagram where he took a uh, compressor, air compressor, and he was blowing up the skin to dry it out. Sure. And I was like, dude, that's so cool. You got to do that's that. Awesome. <laughs> so I called him up and I was talking to Dave about concepts and he's looked at me, you idiot, do it on Asian barbecue like you already planned. On doing <laughs> that's so, fantastic. So we got all that set up and uh, I'm excited about that. That's April 20th at our Wooddale location. Cool. Um, Man, I had a lot of action in the beginning part of this year. So, you know, the second part is mainly about executing our large uh, catering weddings and barbecue events. We got that um, the Chase Corporate Challenge coming up at the end of May. And then we have our first comp um, May right after that, May 26th in Westmont. And that's a big double. And a lot of the big guys come out there for that Iowa Smokey D's and Clark Crew. And, you know, so it's a it's a 60 plus team uh comp that you know typically we do pretty well in it but uh well then yeah. august 19th uh, we're gonna make you drive out to san diego for the del mar event. sure i know we put that on the I calendar know. for you yeah <laughs> we're gonna so sign you up we have a contract to outlet, for you to, right. uh, if to you talk up. to his sister she could probably add to that there process you go there. Get him that's out a there. good idea get you out here. that's a good idea we're gonna have hit you, you from all angles have you been on the man meat barbecue podcast no, Mikey K. Oh, he's out of Chicago. I have, yeah. yeah. He interviewed. He came to our office and oh, interviewed cool. Dave and myself. Yeah. Awesome. Mikey K. was the uh, he was the MC two years ago for our, our Illinois barbecue winter smoke event. Oh, right on. P- pretty impressive for a young kid like that to be as far along a- a- as he is. Yeah. Uh, again, at such a he was just getting ready to have his first baby when I yep. when I talked to him last. I mean, that's one of the things we love about the podcast is you know it's it's new media, it's digital media, it's audio on demand. Um, you know, Mikey K, he's been putting on Man Meat Barbecue. Derek and I were just recently on his show. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what's happening here at NBBQA, you know, having leadership, you know, like Dave and Stuart and mm-hmm. Mark embracing the fact that, you know, maybe NBBQA, which is happening right now, you know, where right. we have a podcast committee, you know, with Angela McDowell, um, you know, Stover from Best Barbecue Show, right. myself, you, and we're trying to get an MBBQA podcast because audio, I mean, the amount of wealth of knowledge of all these people right. that are here, being able to access that all over the world so that people can start their businesses. I mean, that, that's just, it's crucial for growth. Right. Well, you know, we're doing the SIG calls and the yep. first, uh, first one we did was Melissa Cookston. You were on that, that was amazing. Yeah. And actually Tuesday before the conference, I interviewed Dylan Light, who's a pit master for a barbecue supply company. He actually used to work for us and work at another large barbecue company in Chicago. And, Nobody called in, but I still recorded the That's thing. Awesome. But it's a perfect podcast. I yeah. mean, he's very, he's a very smart guy and answered the questions. So it would help you if you are working in a big barbecue operation or just getting started. And, uh, it was a good interview for sure. And that's the type of thing you're talking about is using that content and, and, we can can use it on the NBBQA podcast for sure. Yeah, we're we're really excited about where it's going and what NBBQA is doing. I mean, the the leadership behind, you know, what what these heavyweights and these titans are doing. You know, bringing bringing us along, and you know, I, we can't thank you enough for what you know, just the relationship that we've been able to build. And today is the first day I actually got to meet you in person, and uh, you know, it's very humbling. Oh, thank you. I would be quick to say that that what interests us old timers about barbecue is is now on on the NBBQA board. We've got Barrett Black, who can't be much over thirty, and David Mixon, who it was twenty nine. To to have these young people interested, I mean, we we had a board meeting a couple of days ago, and and you could see their college educations coming out. Wow. Oh, a lot of people on the board aren't college educated. They're barbecue educated. They're business educated. They're they're life educated. But 
much like my relationship with my, my my nephew is, he brings a lot to the party. He he would not be the managing partner of our business if he didn't bring a real lot to the party. Same thing with Barrett Black, fourth generation member of the Black family, David Mixon, so different from his. This young man is a, a, a he, he's thoughtful, he's respectful, he's. I think he's a very good businessman for. Mm. For, for his age. He can so. sing karaoke too, I saw oh, last really? night. <laughs> <laughs> so, so just encouraging. I mean, we, we know for sure we need the younger generation to come up and take our place, and there's lots of opportunity and very exciting and encouraging for, for me personally to see that. It's great. Well, we, uh, we really appreciate your time, and uh, for us, it's, it's just being here at IMBBQ 2018. You know, we're really excited about next year. Um, already planning and getting more podcasts to cover the event, getting more people that are putting things up on YouTube. Mm -hmm. I mean, spreading the barbecue word is very, very important to, um, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for, you know, leaders like you sharing your secrets and being so willing to embrace us and, you know, tell us what we, what encourage us, but also give us words of caution because those words of caution could help us um, from making disastrous. You know, we are greatly encouraged about podcasts. We, we actually, you, you have convinced us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty persistent. I'm very pretty persistent, persistent about that. that. It is, it is, the, it is the future for, for communicating for, for NBBQA. I mean, we t tremendous opportunity. Well, sure. there's times too that, you know, you know, we'll, we'll close with this, but it's, it's forever. You can have it forever. So there's sometimes, you know, I was talking to Kent Black and he's like, I want, sometimes I just want my mom's talking and I just kind of push record on my, on my phone and she doesn't even know. He's like, because I, I just want to have that. Cause at some point these people aren't going to be around anymore and the knowledge right. isn't going to be there. So if you can talk to him and get it, you know, my, my son who, you know, I have a three year old, a two year old, the one on the way, they're going to hear Mike Mills talk. Now they might not ever be able to meet him at some point, but they're going to be able to hear him talk. And that's, that's what's exciting. We can always continue to learn and, and hear those voices. So again, thank you guys so much for coming out, taking the time to, to shoot this shit with us. And, um, you know, we're, we're beyond honored and, and, and humbled by you guys. Uh, let me end on for, for my part. I'm just saying some, something about Mike Mills. What I love about him is, as he says, I can't tell you how to do it. I can only tell you how I would do it. Right. Mm hmm. Humble, yeah, very right. humble. Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, our social shout out for the week, it's going to be a call to action. So uh, if you sign up as a new member for NBBQA, uh, take a screenshot of your new membership and uh, send it to us at Behind the Smoke, um, behindthesmokemedia.com. You can find our contact, but send it to us and then we'll uh, send you some swag. We want uh, as much participation in NBBQA as possible. So thank you guys for listening and uh, we'll catch you next week. Hey guys, this is Sean and Derek, and we just really want to thank you for listening to the podcast. It means the world to us. We'd like you to go check out BehindTheSmokeMedia.com. That's our website where we have barbecue resources for you to help build your barbecue business. Uh, we also have events listed, so anything that's happening in the West Coast barbecue movement, uh, anything that's going on, we want you to go check that out so you can learn more and get involved. We also have show notes uh, from all the episodes, so anything we talked about in the episodes, you can find detailed show notes there. Um, plus, you can just get in touch with us. It's important that uh, we're here as a resource for you, so please reach out. Let us know how Derek and I can help you with your barbecue journey. Uh, get involved, stay curious, and uh, follow us on social at Barbecue War Stories. Uh, we'll talk to you soon.